On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. Son. My dear son, from now on, I'm going to be a good and attentive father. Uh, no offense, Homer, but your half-assed underparenting was a lot more fun than your half-assed overparenting. But I'm using my whole ass. Dad, it's just that too much of your love can really be scary. <sighs> Someday you'll thank me for all this scary love. But now I've got to go somewhere and do some serious thinking. I'm sure he meant to say serious drinking. That's what I assumed. Hey, somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat. Now he takes off the shirt. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. This is going great. This is Tall Can Audio. How's it going, everybody? Welcome inside episode 844 of the Talk and Audio podcast. My name's Matt. His name is Rob. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Talk and Audio, Facebook.com slash Talk and Audio, and hope you will subscribe wherever you're listening right now. What are you saying today, man? Well, it's going to be a bit of a it'll be a bit of a trial balloon today. We're not. I'm not sure how this is going to go. It, it is, of course, this recording is happening on Father's Day. Mm-hmm. Up and had a couple of coffees with a little Irish cream. Okay. Out to out to uh, to Arm Prior for a little um, outdoor brunch type deal where I took down a prickly pear sour followed <laughs> by a couple of high tide IPAs from Whitewater. So Lifts all boats, we man. Even, we have not even hit showtime, showtime. yet, <laughs> and I figure I'm five beverages in. So that a boy. We're all good over here. Everybody take cover. Things. uh... Yeah. Get under something heavy. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, you've listed a couple things you've already been into today. What are you, what have you brought to the table for this one? Uh, Staying in the, uh, the same vein, I figured uh, it's hot Uh as I'll get out here. I was just, again, just in the pool. The pool's at a, at a crackling 65 degrees. (laughs) Jesus. So, but it's, it's hot as all get out. Yeah. Right? So I was in, you know, made sure all the, all the moving parts were clean. Yours and or I am the drinking, Yeah. Mine, of course. <laughs> the pool, the pool is sparkling, man. Yeah. I took good care of it yesterday. Right. It is in, it's top notch. I am, uh, I'm drinking a, and I can't remember what it's from. Um, I've had something from here before. I think it's, uh, it's good company. Good companion. I don't know. At a Scarborough. Okay. It is the black currant kettle sour. Okay. So 
a little something. It's called the Ruby Dragon. So if I'm going to take a poll on this and I'll let you know. Ruby, Ruby, Ruby. Um, I have sitting over here something from the uh, Stalwart Brewing Company out there in Carlton Place. Oh, I like Stalwart. Me too, man. And um, I think they were one of the first places I hit up. Maybe not the very first, but once the uh, the pandemic set in and all the brewers started hitting the uh, the deliveries, right? I think that was one of the times I took. So I'm not going all the way out to Carlton Place, but if you're coming to me, yeah, I'm interested, right? I got time for your stuff. Um, so circled back around to them here in the last week or so, and this is the Space Dragon Black oh, IPA. Dope. Yeah, all right, yes. Uh, 6.7%, it says here. Um, tropical with a finish of char. I guess that's where the dragon thing is supposed to come in. Uh, I'm not really sure. And you'll enjoy this. Uh, this fits, I think this is what screamed out to me, right? This is, this is what said, this is a matte beer. This, um, says at the very end of its description with a distinct lingering bitterness. I'm like, (laughs) yes, this speaks to me in a very real way. Yeah, lingering, <laughs> like decades. Right. It's just it's just hanging around. Um, so that's what I got going on. This is the Space Dragon from Stalwart Brewing Company. Like this is Black IPA, 6.7%. So we'll yeah, see what that's and, all about. And, it, and it's, it's not, and this is Common Good, Snorri is the name of this brewery. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, and, and so Char is that, and it's not the most appealing sound, Right. But when you're drinking that black lager or the black IPAs, mm-hmm. more than any kind of roastiness that you'd get from a stout, it is that slightly charred, almost like the the burnt tips on a rib or right. something. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's not a it's it's not one of those things you would really put in a lot of places like, hey, this is super appetizing, char. <laughs> you know, but it, it that is that flavor that I'm always looking for and I'm like, what is that? Right. But yeah, it is a slightly charred flavor, right? So I like a good black lager. Yeah. You used to roll in here quite a bit. I think from something from Big Rig that was a black IPA. Release the hounds. Yeah. Yeah. There might be still one of those hanging around there. How is uh, first impressions of uh, what you got going uh, on there? It's not, it's not oppressive in its sourness. Okay. Right. It, it does have, um, now I would have said more blackberry than black currant, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure I would know a black currant if it bit me in the ass. Right. So, uh, I'm going to go with blackberry, but it's the, it's the, it's the kettle sour. I'm not sure what, what the deal is there, but this is a nice, um, again, not over the top in its sourness. It's kind of slightly refreshing, but it does have that juicy finish. Okay. So not bad. Yeah. Uh, not a bad, uh, this one here, maybe it's just because I'm so far past this, uh, it, the, the bitterness is not lingering enough, right? Like this is, uh, <laughs> it doesn't stick with you. I'll show you lingering bitterness. Yeah. You want to talk about <laughs> lingering bitterness. Um, you should see the Robinson Thanksgiving. Exactly. <laughs> um, True, man. That's fair. Close to the bone there. That's about right. That's all right. Um, so, but up front, yeah, definitely delivering that, uh, that tropical char mix. Right. And I, I, I'm enjoying this and I, I grabbed a couple of them, so, uh, we'll have that going on, but, um, I'm kind of, I'm intrigued to, to kind of work my way back through here. A couple new options from, uh, 
from Stalwart. There's a couple that I grabbed that I had had before. I, I you know, I think we've both tried their rye uh, stout. Yeah. Um, yep. so I grabbed a couple of those cause I knew I liked that, but a bunch of new stuff that was on their website. So we, uh, we dove you know, into that. River, I think Bulldog, uh, Bulldog Bob, yep. I think it's another. Those yeah. We've both of, enjoyed uh, that, uh, <laughs> that a couple of sure, times. Man. It's a little inside, but, um, I did grab a couple of those as well, but, uh, there's some new stuff. So in, uh, in some coming episodes, we'll work through that. I should also point out in coming episodes, cause we're going to talk some baseball here in a second, uh, on Tuesday morning. Andrew Stoughton will return to the podcast. Um, you hardcore Blue Jays, Twitter people, online people will remember his, uh, his original blog, which we talked about when he was on there back just before the season started. Uh, Drunk Jays fans was, uh, was the handle. Um, so he fits in nicely here. He's going to join us for a pint and just kind of talk about what, uh, what's gone on. And we kind of set this up. As things were imploding again on Friday night, now they did manage to salvage the series by pulling one out of the fire on Saturday and then a pretty comfortable, I was going to say comfortable win Sunday, but they did try hard to to hand it back. Um, Yeah, Thornton Thornton tried tried his best. Yeah, no, so um, Andrew Stoughton will be back uh, on the podcast Tuesday morning to to talk some Blue Jays and uh, and that'll be fun. Um, What did you kind of think of what's gone on? I know you had a couple comments on on what happened to Manoa there on Saturday, but just overall, man, it's been it's been a rough stretch despite getting the series win here on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I, I think it, it was the five game the five game losing streak, right? Getting swept by the Yankees, and and really the Yankees, if given the chance, can hit the ball. Mm-hmm. But they're at a negative run differential. At least they were coming into Sunday, right? And I just that's not a great a great great team. The pitching staff is 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 sort of meh, and and to get swept by them and and score an average of like two runs, right? It's I as a, as somebody who is fully invested and has said so on the pod, I, I'm sort of I'm getting to be a bit uh, what's the word I'm looking for uh, irritated Cranky. kind of with yes yeah <laughs> that's with, going with, around with, with with the process right in terms of. You didn't have Tay Oscar for for a bit of this. You still don't have any Springer, and you're like, what's what's going on here? Uh, no Lourdes Goriel for part of the, uh, the thing. And, well, and so before Tay Oscar couple- came back on Sunday, that was a short, short, short lineup for a team that was supposed to. You had your top three, and then that was about it. After Simeon, Bo, and Vlad, right? Like no one was giving you. Uh, Randall right. hasn't done hit- shit since the end of April. Um, like you said, once Tioscar stepped away on the, uh, on the paternity list and, uh, things just got, oof, man, like. The, yeah. Well, for, when you got, when you had, sorry, when you had Biggio in the five hole. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a long stretch when, when you're looking at the, at the bottom three in the lineup really becomes the bottom four, yep. maybe, you know, the bottom half of the lineup as opposed to the bottom of the third. So, um, yeah, I, I'm sort of. It was an interesting stat that um, prior to the big comeback, they were talking about the Jays at that time being two games under. Now I think they're exactly after Sunday's win. I think they're at 500 That's again. That's right. Yeah. Um, but being like, I don't know. They they are for a team that was below 500. They have a you know their their runs differential. They were like a positive 40. Right or thirty five, like, right? 
but they did just pound the asses out of Boston last weekend, right? With an 18 well, plus 18 and then a plus yeah, whatever. Up, up until the 10, up until the 10 spot yesterday, after that 18 run game, mm-hmm. yeah, they were averaging like two runs. It's, it's, it's like that thing in hockey where you say, Oh, we put up seven goals and you go, Hey, maybe save some of those, right? And you go, <laughs> I know ship doesn't carry from day to right. day, but yeah, it seems to sometimes carry from day to day when yeah. you're like, Oh, all those runs. Sorry, I emptied my pockets. <laughs> um, but yeah, they were they were talking about, it and it was to me it was it was super interesting. The run differential in the first six innings, a plus, and then the run differential in innings seven, mm, eight, nine. Okay, what do you think, Matt? I think ah. it's not, yeah, not so good. <laughs> I, I think it's not as flattering, no. right? And so I, I think anybody who's watched the games, especially in the last fifteen to twenty, where you're like. Can we can we put up a ten spot by the time the starter leaves? Because I have no idea what's going to happen here when we get into the back end of the bullpen or even the middle end of the bullpen, right? You yeah. just sort of go. So I am, I am thinking like that. This this could get away on you pretty quick. We were we were jonesing for some of the Orioles action. Yes, and the Orioles they were jonesing for us. Yeah, and the Orioles pounded them on Friday, and then they made Kremer look like. I hadn't won since last September, and they made him look like a Cy Young candidate for large chunks of that game on Saturday. So you're like, what the hell is going on here? So this is clearly, in many ways, a work in progress. Um, I I look at the the way this team is rolling, hitting into a triple play (laughs) on, I don't know what day that was. Was that that Saturday or Friday last week? Yeah. But when you when you hit into a triple play combination that has never been done in the hundred plus years of MLB, shit is not going right for you, right? That that combo, whatever it was, the one, two, three, one, five. This is three. This is only odd to Toronto sports fans. I'm going to call you that in this context. Yeah, who yeah. Don't also fine. do. The leaf thing. We're used to being, oh, okay, that's what we're doing tonight, right? We're, we'll find the crazy new way to embarrass ourselves. Or, yeah. or that was a very leaf thing to have, not just to hit into a triple play, which never happens, but to find one that no one has ever hit into in 130 years of baseball. You're like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> like, welcome <laughs> inside, just briefly, that that blue cloud. <laughs> Yeah, like we're all we're all used to listening. You go five, four, three, double play, right. bam, you're good, right? Yeah. And you go, but when you go, this combo has never happened. <laughs> then you're like, and, and then the next inning, they hit in any any double play, yeah. and then the third would have been a double play had you know Buddy not airmailed the ball, and you're like. It should have been triple play, double play, double play to start the game. You're like, <laughs> we can't afford this when you have zero bullpen, right? So well, I was going to bring that up. I know you want to talk about Manoa for a second, but one of the things that's been uh, you saw on Sunday, uh, Ryu goes seven, which they badly needed, and he was very good. But you're seeing very it. Good. You're seeing it across the rotation. When it's not going well, I think it was Robbie Ray's start either. On, I can't remember if he started Saturday or Friday when he loses a guy on a walk, right? When he goes the first inning and throws 25 pitches, 
you can see the frustration because they know I got to go deep. I can't be getting bogged down right. here in the bottom of the order in the third inning and throwing 30 pitches here. I got to get these fuckers. And when it doesn't happen, you can see them wincing. You can see Ross Stripling. I can't believe this became as big of a story as it did where he gets pissed at uh, at Jonathan Davis, right, for for blowing a blowing panic. A, uh, you're right, it was panic. And for like a day and a half, this is a story that he's, you know, sometimes in sports, guys get pissed off. They went into the, the, the clubhouse, he apologized to the team and apologized to him, said I'm more, that should have been the end of it, but the media wants to talk about it for 48 hours and and so whatever. But this happens, right? Guys get frustrated, guys get fed up, and, and, and Stripling knows, man, I'm already the guy in this rotation who's not expected yeah. to get deep into games. I can't be having things botched, right? The the outs that I do create, I need those to happen because no one trusts this bullpen and these starters are feeling it. I got to get seven innings in at minimum. And even then you're looking down there going, mm, I don't know what's coming in next, right? But yeah. this has become a thing. And and so I, Robbie Ray, probably before all this stripling stuff was the one that stood out to me the most where he was clearly wearing it, right? You could see the frustration on his face when he was getting pushed deep into counts and, and having to face more guys than he wanted to. They know, like they're feeling it, that they can't count on this bullpen right now. Well, and, and Ray's a guy who has, has absolutely doubled down on his effort to reduce walks this year, yeah, yeah. right? And, and in a lot of cases has done a much better job, right? But if I can just touch on that on that stripling thing again, because I found it super interesting. Uh, I've played team sports all my life mm-hmm. at a wide variety of levels, right? And and with all kinds of guys, right? And and I totally get it. I've had teammates yell at me. I've yelled at teammates, yeah. right? And and it's it's really it's like a family, right? You get together later and you're like, hey man, heat of the moment. Sorry about that, right? Yeah, I, I you know. I wanted that, and I, and you know what? I know you wanted it too, and it just didn't work out. But it happens, right? So mm-hmm. I, I I found it to be much ado about nothing. It really right? was. But this happens all the time, right? Now, it, it, you know, maybe he was the gorilla thing where he's <laughs> where he's down, and he's pounding <laughs> the ground with both hands. You're like, all right, okay, it's a bit but, much. hey man, but he's but he wants it. He cares, right? And so yeah, and I, I found it to be. Yeah, the the media is you know is looking for just about anything to mm-hmm. to gravitate towards, and, and which brings me to the, to the Manoa issue. So set right? that up for the good listener here. So that was Saturday. The Ray thing was Friday. Yeah. Mano- Manoa was was uh, and really really dealing for the first maybe three innings. Um, you know, I think at one point, you know, the only two hits the Orioles had were both home runs. Um. He gives up back-to-back homers to for the to put the Orioles up five-two in, in what was a tight game. Yep. Um, the next batter comes up, and he gets drilled right in the dell. So, <laughs> uh, you you know, good listener. And this uh, is like his fourth career start. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. But again, it was interesting to hear, you know, to hear um, Dan talking about in his previous start, you know, about him staring in and, and guys taking issue to, to Manoa's intensity. Um, and he's a big dude. Yeah. Six, right? six. I think. And so, yeah. And, and, and beefy, right. Yep. He's not a, he's not a, he's not a slate man. No. And so, 
to me, and, and, and Dan and, and Tabby were working really hard to sort of address it as, oh, he just sort of lost his control. He was trying to aim the ball after giving up back-to-back homers. Like, longtime baseball fans, that is not an accident, in my, in my opinion, <laughs> right? And, and I can't imagine there'd be many former pros who go, oh, yeah. Like, that is and, – and, and, and hit him right where it? you always try to hit somebody, right? Like, that's the yeah. spot. It, like, it wasn't up in the head. No, it was, you no. know, it was bang, up in the meaty part of the shoulder. And I wouldn't like it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Good listener. Don't, don't tweet no. at me going, <laughs> yeah, how would you like to get hit by an – no, I wouldn't, right? <laughs> that is the deal. But it's not on the wrist. It's not on the hand. It's not up in the head. Right. Um, and he walks off the mound, and he's a big man. And he's walking towards, and he's got his hands out. Like I don't know what the universal sign for. Yeah. What? What do you what? think of that? What? <laughs> you want some of this? Yeah. Like uh, to me, I I don't I I get it. And and it's the bench is clear, yada yada. And then Manoa gets after the smoke clears. Manoa gets ejected. Right. Which. This is, this is uh, part of baseballs. We do this all the time, man. You and I talk about these unwritten codes and the whatever he's supposed to get a warning first and they just toss him right and well and the thing is usually like clearly back-to-back jacks yeah. buddy's buddy's pissed yeah right and he dings the next guy you're like okay well somebody's gonna wear this i am not happy with this <laughs> bang right and then you carry on the up comes out and he says hey no more of that and then he looks to the orioles dugout and says hey Warning. It's done. It's resolved. Warning to the Jays. And then when the Orioles guy comes up, and if he dings the first guy, bench is clear. Right. Then you usually see ejection. Yes. Right. I've given you the warning saying, hey, cut that bullshit out. Right. Didn't happen here. And so there is much speculation as to did he say something in the, you know, the mosh pit that is a baseball sort of fight, right? Guys grabbing their belts (laughs) and Waving the other hand over their head. I don't know what's really happening. They're Except jumping Vladdy. up and down. Yeah. Well, oh, no, Vladdy's, Vladdy not, was pulling a, Vladdy's not screwing around, man. He's grabbing uh, Freddie Galvez and just... Uh, uh, yeah, well, Caitlin McGrath Freddy, hey. um, of The Athletics. Uh, to me, she had the best line. She goes, Vladdy has dad at the... Um, dad at the at the theme park or the water park and he's fed up vibes, right? Like grabbing your kid. We're marching out of here right now. Yeah. Dragging it behind. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's any dad at an arena. And yes. You're, okay. You're either you're late for something or you're, and you're dragging your kid through the arena and the bag and you're like <laughs> grumbling, right? Yes. Um, that's the vibe yeah, no, Vlad was given off there. <laughs> well, Vladdy was also channeling his inner Pedro Martinez. <laughs> yes. I'm just going to start pitching guys around. Just get away. <laughs> Um, yeah, old man. <laughs> yeah, it was, well, what are you doing, man? Oh, I'm, Get out of here, I'm Don top, Zimmer. <laughs> I, I'm top heavy, and, <laughs> and now I'm going to cry on TV. Yeah. Oh, nothing works. Great shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I I don't know what was said. I, I I just to me that he was that he was thrown, and on the heels of of all the things we just talked about, the stripling, the ray, and you're looking for your starters to go deep. And you get thrown out in the fourth. Yeah, that is that is super unfortunate. It doesn't matter if you've already given up four home runs, in your day. <laughs> but but still, you need innings. You need innings yep. out of your bullpen. And so, I just I'm not sure if this is more of like if you were to tell Jack Morris, 
You're going to get ejected every time you throw like inside on a guy. Dave's what's going to happen? Yeah. yeah, like like all these guys, right? And, and again, that's old guys sitting yeah. on his porch going, "Well, you know, baseball used to be," you know. But I, I I don't know, man. Is that is that where we are, Matt? It sure looks like I, I I don't know, man. What in this one? Like this is where we kind of circle back to the code and when you can plunk a guy and when you can't. It, it was kind of a. You are, does it matter to you that he's making his fourth career start? He's a rookie. Like, can you step in and plunk somebody just because you're pissed off at that point? Or do you have to earn that a little bit? I can, I, no, I'm a competitor, man. Yeah. What now? Now they, they, they say the only way to, you know, get better pitching in the majors is to face major league competition. Now I have to pussyfoot around too. I got to, I got to find my way, but I'm, I, I can't, I can't throw inside or I can't. Yeah. I, I, fair. I, all all of the tools are not available to me. That that seems unfair. Well, this stuff happens and all so, the time, though, right? In in all sports, where the rules are different for the new guy does. than they are for yeah, young centers entering the NHL go on the on the draws. You're like, my sorry, buddy, you you don't get the benefit of the doubt that that Bergeron sure. gets, yeah. or right, like Matthews has to work his way, had to work his way yep. up to that. Yep. You're like, all right, man, you want to? Sorry, you. You now can get your stick down a little quicker because <laughs> you can have that kind of gliding start to the whatever. And right? we have a rapport. Yes. You, my friend, are just a punk ass. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I, I found it to be interesting on, 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 you know, the twofold in the fact that people were saying, oh, he didn't mean to throw at him. Right. And you're like, yeah, yeah. He made it through four plus innings or <laughs> in the fourth without, without plunking somebody and then. He gives up back-to-back homers, and then he just mistakenly Whoops. places a ball up on somebody's arm, and you're like, "Oh, sorry about that." Yeah, right, <laughs> right. And then, and then, yeah, he gets thrown out without any kind of warning or anything else. That to me is is the thing where you go. I think in that to I, me, I, what that says to me is he violated the code, and the umpire then said, "Then we don't have to live by the code. We'll throw you out right now to make a point, kid." Like. Uh, it's the way I kind of see yeah. that that went. That's yep. All right. Well, and you know what? We don't really know. And, we don't. And again, and, Man, and, and, that's and, and a blanket and, statement around here for a lot of things. Yeah, for just about everything. <laughs> What's love like, Matt? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Oh, you want to be like that? Eh? <laughs> okay. Well, I just happen to be on this side of the t- of the microphone. It could have been you asking me. Uh huh. Um, but it, but it wasn't. It wasn't. Right? So, <laughs> it's. What's a size 32 waist like, Matt? I don't know. Grade seven? I don't know. Hello? Is this on? <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> um, yeah. I've, it's I've been good my- talking to <laughs> you. It's been a good show. <laughs> All right. Has it really? Sorry. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I, well, I know what you're, what you're saying, though. It, it's Sometimes that's just, to, to me, in this situation he crossed the invisible line. And so the umpires ignore the invisible line too. And out he goes and yeah, it, it compounds the problem where, um, you needed him to be able to go deeper than that. And, and maybe that's the thing where, you know, your own team is kind of going, we normally would appreciate this, but now they probably, I guess, didn't count on him getting tossed, right? But, right. But well, this is and, and this is this is the at, at the core of the issue. 
Yeah. Like, yeah. Really? Because I was I was surprised, man, to see that happen and that he's he's ejected. And you're like, what? Right. It's what do you what, what can you count on at this point? Our bullpen almost blowing the game, if not blowing the game. That's about what I'm yeah, ready to roll no, the no. dice on here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we know that's that is something you can absolutely count on. I'm just saying and they bring in Chatwood again, even today, and you're like, no, please don't, please don't, please don't. And no, yep, De- decent <laughs> gets through it, decent, but gets through but you it. only give them the one. Yeah, right. Yeah, but it's one of those things where, hey man, give him a three run lead, and even then, just yeah. just try not to walk, just try not to walk three guys and hit walk another one. House. Can you do that? Yeah. Good Lord. Walk the house. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I just, I found it to be one of those things where, and again, if, if it's, if it is a, a changing of old school, which, and, and, and you're trying to explain the idea of, of, of hitting a guy and you're like, um, what, what kind of good legitimate reason can I give you to hit somebody? And you're like, mm. Right. Yeah, I can't really. Well, I but can't there really, are though. Right? Like there are in the code. Like if you plunk my guy or you do this and that, I can. Yeah, the fact that right. you hit me hard twice and I throw a tantrum, I, that's not a good reason. Like I don't side with no. Again, I assume he's going to get a warning before he gets tossed, and I think it sucks that he didn't. But getting blown up because you fuck, right. like because you did poorly, that's not a good yeah. reason to throw at somebody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 okay, but has it been happening for forever? Yes, of course it has doesn't mean okay, it's not stupid <laughs> no uh, for sure and i agree with you yeah. hundo p matt yes that Hundy is p, that I is think. cool guy that is the <laughs> well you're going to correct me so clearly you know what i'm talking about uh-huh. um you and Hundy i p we, we know these uh, we know these yeah, things for sure so it, it it comes down to yeah there is no good reason but if you go if i could do it yesterday but i can't do it today yeah I'm just, I'm now looking at you NHL. Yeah. Is it stupid? Yeah. All right. But I just want to know where need a little consistency, right? Can I be stupid tonight or not? (laughs) Thank you. That is it. Put that, uh, that should be the show title. Can I be stupid tonight? (laughs) Um, wanted to, uh, like I said, if you're looking for some more Blue Jays talk, Andrew Stoughton will be on the show on, uh, on Tuesday morning. Stick around for that. Timely. Yeah. Going to be good, man. Um, why don't we talk a little bit about this article that uh, that Pierre Lebrun had in The Athletic um, towards the middle of last week. And if you haven't seen it, if you're not a subscriber, you know, we always recommend it. If you're a hardcore sports fan, you know, Rob and I both love The Athletic. It's a, it's a worthwhile purchase. If you haven't seen it, the concept was really simple. Instead of doing a projected Team Canada Olympic roster, which everyone has done, including you and I have done over the years before, Um, Mm. instead this was, look, just here's some names that I think over the last little while have risen and here's some names that I think have fallen. And I thought that was a better approach to this because it's, you know, we always end up weighing very heavily and maybe we should, maybe we shouldn't, we can have that debate another day. What's happening right now in front of us in the playoffs. And, you know, most of the league's huge stars are gone. And you know, most of them are going to be at the Olympics, but we're watching other guys right now and kind of going, oh, I wonder, just like last year, it was all of a sudden is, is Nathan McKinnon better than Connor McDavid? Well, we haven't seen Connor McDavid in a month and a half and we're watching Nathan McKinnon dominate. So 
we're going to say some silly things right now, right? And those are the sorts of conversations that go on. So I liked this piece from Pierre Lebrun that was just more of a, I think these guys are rising and these guys are falling. So I know you had a chance to take a look at it as well. There was some interesting names on there. Uh, I'm sure we both have um, some names of our own. Before we do anything else and and get into the kind of debate, was there anybody in either direction that you looked at on Pierre's list that you went, oh, I don't agree with that, or, you know, I, I don't think that guy's fallen, or I, I wouldn't have that guy as high as maybe Pierre does. And and I will reiterate once more before we get in, he didn't lay out lines, he didn't lay out, this guy's on the team, he's not. It was simply up, stock rising here, stock falling here. Exactly. It is like your penny stocks, yeah. right? What is trending up and what is trending down? And and as you've you've said, it 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 this is not. Hey, ultimately, this guy will or won't make the team. Right. Like in certain areas, he said, player X trending down, but I would be surprised if he is sure. not named to the team. Right. So, as you've said, simply trending right now, mm-hmm. not the end of the day. Like anybody who has their good stock portfolio <laughs> means, hey man, sometimes when 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 stuff's trending low, you still got to hold on to it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta you gotta ride that out. Um so you liked the article. I did. I I don't agree with all his picks. I just like that concept. It was a different way of coming at the same debate that everyone's had a hundred times and will yeah. have a hundred more times before we select the Olympic team. Between right? now and February, yeah, whatever yeah. this is. Um okay, and, and really it just in, in a very general sense, concept aside, did you like what Pierre had to say? Vague. Yeah. You to get anything else? I just think, in a general sense. I think for the most part, I did. I do think there's some recency bias, right? He throws the the two Islanders guys in there. I would be surprised um, with Ryan Pulak. Yes, and yeah, Pulak and uh, and Pelik. Pelik. Yeah. Um, I think that's recency bias. I I guess they could make the team, but I would be surprised if either of those guys are in there. The other name was Darcy Kemper. Has his stock risen because of the world championship thing probably is it anywhere close to being on the radar i would be shocked after the year he had right so and that and that is the thing i i had said to you coming out of worlds right if if there's one or two guys Mm -hmm. that could make it out of that world's team kemper as a third right right it is sort of now he had kind of an injury riddled season right yes he did and so in terms of and a bit of a shaky start to worlds so So i would agree right it did his stock rose but probably not anywhere near high enough. Why don't we start here? Because, but, but just wait. Okay. In the generalities, you know, area, uh, I looked at it, and at the end of it, I thought, okay, Matt's going to be pissed at this <laughs> with, with his Blue Jays. I mean, with his blue, his blue team pajamas on. And Pierre, I think, is writing this with his Habs pajamas on. Right? Like to me. The, the number of Habs players that are rising. Shea Weber, Carey Price. Shea Weber, I, I will be, I will be, sh- I, I will fall over in shock if Shea Weber makes that team. Yeah. Although if Mike Babcock was still coaching, I think quadriplegic Shea Weber, fresh out of a car crash, would still be on the, on the roster the way he, I think we're about, you know, looking at this similarly. And that's why I was going to start, um, with a tweet that I sent maybe mid-April. It wasn't too long before the playoffs started, but we were still in regular season. And I got just 
attacked from both sides of this tweet. And I said, I can't think of two guys who have hurt their stock more for the Olympic team than Morgan Riley and Thomas Shabbat. Now, the overwhelming majority of our listenership, either Leaf fans or Sens fans. Yeah. So it wasn't a popular <laughs> take. Yeah. Um, but I think, at, you know, at the end of, or, you know, whatever the break was at the end of the 2020 thing before the bubble, whatever you want to call it there, both of those guys, I would not say were shoe-ins or were locks, but were absolutely in the conversation. But I thought they both had just terrible regular seasons. I thought Riley was a little better in the playoffs, but the team still, you know, went down hard. He was better defensively. He wasn't better offensively, and that's really his game. But to me, both of those guys, um, one was on the list and, and Shabbat wasn't, but both of those guys were guys who in the last several months have fallen hard for me in consideration for the team. Right. Because I think now Shabbat wasn't on because it was really just yeah I don't think playoff, he rose or fell play, or, or no playoff qualifying players were the only ones that they looked at that Pierre talked about. No, that's not right? true. Who, Darcy Kemper was in there, and there was other guys who it wasn't just a playoff. Yeah, group I, I thought I thought it was stocks that have risen, risen and fallen, fallen lately. I don't think he lately. Yeah, I don't yeah, think he. Other than other than Kemper, I don't think there was one player on that list in the article that wasn't, that didn't qualify for the playoffs. Anyway, let's not get yeah, stuck there. We will not get bogged, but we, <laughs> this, this is, this is what we do. Right. Um, do you think either yeah. of those guys still have a shot? Uh, both will be invited to the 40, 45 guys. That's probably true. Camp in September. Um, yeah. The thing for me with, with Riley, he he's ahead both in in age, experience, and all those things mm-hmm. than Shabbat. So I, I put him much closer, right? Shabbat, the, the deal with him this year is I, I haven't nobody has seen the defensive growth. That's on, what it is for him. me with both of those guys. I don't trust uh, either of those guys to kill a penalty or late in a game or yeah, uh, yeah. And, and, and to me, whatever's happened here. Shabbat's game hasn't grown on the defensive side, right? And so if he makes that camp, which I firmly believe he will, he because I will, think yeah. they're they're much thinner on the left side yes, than they, they are on the right. It's so weird. And and so to me, when it comes down to guys whose stock has risen on that left side, where both Riley and and Shabbat are, is Darnell Nurse, yep. right? They talk yep. about his stock rising and and I'm not sure, and it may just be my I am sort of seems like always a year or two behind where I go, I'm not sure that guy has earned that spot. I, he had a great year. Yep. Don't again, don't at me. Any, any people saying, look at that guy. Look at that guy. Look at the stats, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All right. You're right. Um, this was a weird year and it was a short year. So these are small sample sizes, but that's all that was given to him. So. Yep. Yeah. Well, no, I don't blame Darnell. No, Nurse. no. Of course I'm, just, not. I'm just saying, I'm not sure that guy is, um, is ready in, in my in my opinion yet. When you look at, I don't know if it's just the rest of the world having caught up, but both in defense and I, I guess in goaltending, and we'll get to that next. Man, that used to be there was a generation there of Foots and Prongers and Blakes and Niedermeyers and what up Dan Boyles and up and down like twenty. 
25 years, Al McInnes, right? <laughs> like when you think of that O2 team um, of, of just killer Canadian defense that no one else could touch. And I wouldn't say it's thin now, but it's come back to the pack a little bit um, compared to some of these other countries in the defense that they're going to, they're going to run out there. I still like, you know, if you can start with, you know, guys like Pareko, Petrangelo, like Makar, Makar, but yeah, man, I see in the You're looking for more lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. I want to blend. Yeah. Yeah. I want, I want to blend and, and, and Makar goes a little bit more towards the Shabbat Riley side, right? Like a little bit, but better, I think. Well, better because the puck possession, I think, is because he because he skates so well. Yep. He's so dynamic, right? Yeah. Um, which when Shavat's at his best, it's it's because he's carrying the puck out of the zone, right? He's not he's not being forced below the dots, right? Right. That that is the problem. Shabbat is the same. If if you're if his head's up ice and he's moving with the puck, great. I love the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh below the dots and and, and Makar to me. Uh, he's on my he, he he's on my team. Yeah, but I have some questions about that guy unless he's paired with, you know, somebody who is going to help him there. Yeah, right. He he needs he needs a Pareko type, and like to me, to, Pareko is the the really untalked about guy, right? Um, but if you look at that roster, there's guys there who who can insulate some of those some of those riverboat gamblers, in my opinion. <laughs> Um, the goalies up and down, I mean, recency bias, but maybe rightfully so, um, Carey Price and Marc-Andre Fleury. And I, I think, you know, a year ago, you and I talked about, they were trying as best they could Vegas was to get rid of Marc-Andre Fleury. He had, again, short season. He had a, he had a great season and guided Vegas to the conference finals. As you and I sit here and record this right now. There's talk that maybe Leonard will start after the gaff that he had in uh, in Game Three. I don't know if that's gamesmanship. I don't know if you make that change now. That hardly the point. Um, whereas Carey Price had pretty mediocre um, regular season, and then all of a sudden appears to have flipped a switch in the regu- uh, in the playoffs, which is really all you're asking him to do in the Olympics. Um, so both of those guys. For me, way up from where I would have had them a year ago. Down, Carter Hart, Jordan Ooh. Bennington, right? Like, yeah, Carter Hart, I think, finished this year with an 877 or something like that save percentage. Yeah. Just atrocious. And as a young guy, I don't think those first two or three months of the season would be enough to convince me, even if he was on fire. Like, he'd probably make the team as the third or, or whatever you want to do, it would be very difficult for me to look at two months of regular season hockey and go, that's my guy in the Olympics, right? I, I wonder what you think about up and down and, and would you be prepared to go back to Carey Price? Hundy P, man. <laughs> like that, that is one of those things where you go, you look at him and you go, okay, uh, world junior gold, yep. um, Olympic gold. Yep. Great in the bubble last year, and then you go, oh, and he's just so. What is it, it then? Is it just he decides well, when he cares? <laughs> that in itself is a damning thing. Well, right? you go, all those, yeah, but it's a all pretty those fair positives, question. for sure it is, and that's what I'm saying is his 
because at the end of the season, they were like, or and even for large parts of the season, they're like, well, Jake Allen's going to be the better. Yeah. <laughs> in net, and that's happening this year. And as you said, in the offseason last year, whenever that was, October, <laughs> November, December, you could have had Flurry for a second. Yep. Like Vegas is like, we just signed Leonard for five times five. Mm-hmm. But yet we have this other guy making seven, seven, five, whatever it is. And you're like, oh, could, would you take him? Right. We'll just take a second. Well, all the guy did is go out and put up a, a Vezina candidate yeah. season. And you're like, oh, I could have had that. Now, <laughs> Vegas, Vegas has got – they play a pretty solid defensive yeah. game. So no, of course. It's Putting him like, behind your not, team versus their team might not be This is exactly right, Josh Brown. <laughs> Come on. What are you going to do? Um, but I, I would have no problems going with, with Price and Flurry and – Whoever, um, Darcy Kemper. <laughs> yeah, well, I was just going to say, uh, or even Jordan Bennington. I think sure. if you get, yeah. to your, if you get to your third option, guess what? Shit's gone sideways. Fast. Shit's imploded <laughs> on you already. Like this is this is this yeah, is yeah. You're not probably good. playing an eighth, ninth game if you're down to your third goalie. Like, yeah, what up, Latvia? <laughs> so it's it's we'll one of those. You again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Take that two nothing beat down. <laughs> um, <laughs> But but that is at that point, yeah. I, I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at I have no problem with that. I have no problem with that. Um, but it's it's an interesting question you posed in in terms of what is the you know the enigma that is Carey Price, right? Right in terms of his like I'll I'll start uh, if the Olympics were tonight I'll start Carey Price, but can he just decide mid February? I, I care today. Like, is that what this is? Or it, do you just get hot and cold and hot and cold? Is that the life of a goalie now? I, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm, I don't know what, obviously both of those guys have risen in my, you know, up, down, whatever we're calling this, but whether I count on it again in mid February next year. And there's no, no way idea. I'm taking Carter Hart in terms of, yeah. of something you've named. Right. And yep. as you've said, Unless he goes out. But coming into this year, he was absolutely in the mix. Unless he goes out and puts up Campbell-type numbers. Sure. Like, who doesn't say that, right? We may have to face Jack Campbell in the Olympics next year. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you can start out 10, 11, and 0, you know. Yeah. Don't, you know. An interesting name, and really the good listener can decide how interesting it really is, in the trending down in the net was Mike Smith, which... To me, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna saddle that guy with the with the Winnipeg sweep, right? After having after having an excellent regular season by everybody's account. Well, and, and if I'm and saying it, Pierre said in his article, he's like, I didn't really know what to do here. If you'd asked me to write this at the end of the regular <laughs> season, he's trending up. A week later, he's trending down. <laughs> like I, like yeah. you said, it's not his fault. But at 39 years old, I, I, I don't yeah. know. For me, he's not up or down. He was never really on my. My no, radar. He's, right? he's not on mine either, but it was interesting. You go, all right, I had this way above expectations. Yeah. And, 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 and again, don't come at me because I think they signed him for 1.5 million. Yeah. Their that's expectations their expect- weren't high. That's either. their expectations are super low. Yeah. Right. But he, he came in playing at a 7 million standard. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's one of those things where, hey, 
takes your chances. If you want to roll back with Mike Smith again next year, I think you're going to find yourself to be bitterly disappointed. My humble opinion. Yep. Very humble. Let's move <laughs> up front. Let me ask you, I'm going to give you a name here, up, down, or unchanged as far as this Olympic roster goes. Steven Stamkos. Oh, unchanged for me. That's a bit of a cop out. I totally get, yeah. but, uh, unchanged for me because I'm not sure he makes my team. And that's sort of where I'm at too, right? Like I've seen everything in terms of other people's projections from, yeah, first line with, uh, Huberto, McDavid and, and Stamkos. I've seen fourth line with whatever point, And I, I don't think it, speaking of recency bias, I, I doubt. Braden Point is a fourth liner on this team, if if this is what he is. And I've seen him off the team. And um, health is a thing where you never really know what you're going to get from him. But as I'm watching this playoff run with Tampa, you kind of forget that when they won last year, he only played like one period in the playoffs, scored a goal in that yeah. period. Um, Two minutes and 20 seconds. Right. And I'm he's not that noticeable in this year's run, right? And now he, yeah. in 2010, he was too young, so he didn't make it in 2014. He's injured, so San Luis gets his spot. 2018, there aren't NHLers. So I get it. He's, they're going to, they're, they always, Hockey Canada has this loyalty thing and he's badly going to want to be there. We'll see. I don't know if he's on my team. I guess if he gets, like to me, it might be as simple for a guy like that. Does he get off to a hot enough start next year where he's killing it? Because, I think there's going to be enough goal scoring on the team that a guy like that is going to have to be able to bring something else. And I don't know if that's, if that's him to me, he may, he might be trending down for me, even though, you know, coming in, he was already probably, let's say the, the cutoff line or where we're doing this from is the beginning of this season. I probably had him on the fence at the beginning of this season and he's probably trended a little bit down for me from there as to whether or not we need that guy on the team. And that's crazy to say, I know he's a former 50 goal scorer, all these things, but we got goal scorers and. But how long ago? Yeah, no, I, I get it. Right. <laughs> and, a lot and of injuries, so, a lot of, a lot of things ago. So much ink spilled on in 2014, you know, he had whatever it was, a broken, broken leg. leg. I think. Yeah. And they're like, can he make it back? And he wanted so badly yeah, yeah. to be there, right? And and then when it didn't happen in 2018, again, so much more ink spilled saying, you know, this guy really wants it. And and we, we could have used him, right? Mm-hmm. Like there were so many things where he's at the top of his game. That's not the case anymore, right? In, yeah. in terms of, of what he of what he brings. And and if you look at a guy who played very little and then comes back gangbusters. Look at Kucherov. Yeah. Right. There's a guy for the entire season and he's blasting the competition and is, is far and away. Yeah, he's almost two playoffs. points a game or something. Like. Yeah. And so I, I just look at for, you know, if, if you can afford to bring a, a 13th forward mm-hmm. as a, as a power play specialist, like a guy who's going to set up the dot right. and, 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 and hit one timers, but I, I'm not sure that's going to be the biggest issue on this team. Does a right? does a cup win for Tampa again this year change that for you at all? 
Or does it depend oh, entirely uh, on how, how at, much at, he contributes to it? Right? Like, at this point, right, they've won eight, ten games. Mm-hmm. And, and as you've said, I've been, I've been super unimpressed yeah. with his play. Yeah. Right. Like to me, he is, he is not option one or two in terms of guys who, who impress up front. No. Right. Kucherov in point. And, yep. and at that point, if you, if you are not stud on your team, and your name is not Patrice Bergeron, who can who can play two hundred feet, yep, outstandingly. Then then probably not, man. Somebody else is eating your lunch. That's that's the that's the reality in hockey Canada, right? If if you're going to be more, you know, one dimensional, yep. Even if it's a good, you know, a good option. Hey, this isn't this isn't Switzerland or Germany, right? You have other guys in that spot who are going. Yeah, I'm I'm a little more effective right now. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, no, I, I think unchanged to to double back to the beginning of your question because he's probably not on my roster. Um, let me give you one more name before I hand this to you, in, in case you got different ones on your mind. Uh, in terms of upfront, if the cutoff line, like if 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 we're talking about your opinion has changed from the beginning of this regular season to now, as opposed to the playoffs. What do you think, up, down, or unchanged on Mitch Marner, who had a killer regular season, a dud of a playoffs, and was already a fairly divisive pick, I think, on a lot of teams. You saw him on some people's projections. You didn't see him on others. Um, you know, kind of an assist, a, a setup guy more than anything else, and, I don't know, reasonably well-respected defensively. If the cutoff line was January 13th, has your opinion on Marner gone up, down, or unchanged? Uh, sorry, sorry. Again, unchanged, but unchanged in the fact that, yeah, I think his stock, sorry, his stock is trending down. Yeah. Um, but to me, he's still on this team. And this is what Pierre said, right? He's just, if you look at press, and public opinion, yeah, he's trending down, yep. right? It's 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 been not good, um, but this is a guy who his offensive. Number, we'll talk about the Stamkos thing, yeah. right? I just mentioned it. Marner is a guy who, if he goes cold offensively, he still can play a two hundred foot game. He could kill penalties and, for Team Canada, right? He could. This is do it. These and, sorts of things. And, and you go, oh, and hey, he's bucked that trend. And he's killing it, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, uh, he to me is on my team, but he is trending down. Yeah, right. But but hey, that that's that's the way it goes. I I think you're probably buying low on that guy, and whatever happens with him, I don't think you could you could. I like I like the skill set with him. Yeah, I, I think I think he's on that team. I think he's playing in the bottom six. Yep. role but i think he can do a bunch of things for you and and you he has this top 5 in the nhl this season in scoring but if if that hits a low well he can also kill penalties and do these other things for you and so that is the absolute kind of guy that hockey canada is going to look for in that bottom 6 we have skate. seen we have seen them leave that home though, right? Like Martin Saint Louis, when he didn't make it until Stamkos' injury, he was top five in assists and points. Like a similar type of 
a yeah, player. Yeah, you think Rob Zander's going to make this team? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> not, yeah. Oof. But like no. reasonable comparison, probably though, right? Like a, a San Luis and a Marner. Yeah. Of, of well, only I like I like Marner's full game. Yeah. Okay. Better than San Luis. I, I think San Luis had at times, you know, and we'll wait and we'll see. Mm-hmm. But his top end, yep. he was an MVP, right? Yep. Like a, a Hart Trophy winner, I believe. Yes. Um, so it's really hard for me to, you know, throw too much shade on Martin St. Louis. Um, but I'll do it if you, you want. Know, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but you are looking at, and, and you know, you can't give the guy too much, too much grief for being a bit of a crybaby. That's all it was, was I hated the yeah. way he handled that before and after. And yeah. Oh, and I want to get traded and yeah. it can only be to New York. Right. Like, okay. Oh, See you, man. Okay. Well, all right. Yeah. I'll take a bag of pucks for you because clearly you're a loser. <laughs> um, but uh, it's one of those things where I, I like Marner's game in terms of of a bottom six guy, yeah. right? And so, but I, 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 the question is fair and trending down. But yeah, buy low, buy low on that guy. Whether it was sure. somebody that uh, Pierre mentioned or someone just in your own head, anybody else that you thought uh, really at any position that that we should touch well, on, or you wondered about up or down, or. Two things, just in terms of, I was interested in um, the inclusion of Taylor Hall mm-hmm. on this, and and it's funny because Pierre had him trending down, poor playoffs. Like clearly, uh, by the time he exited, I think he had three three goals. Yeah, like a pretty <laughs> decent first round, an invisible second round, and well, he scored one empty net goal against the Islanders right. in Game One. Yeah. That was it. Um, but you were looking at a guy who, who left Buffalo and he, I think he got $4 million per goal in Buffalo. If, if you're looking at or <laughs> 400 you, grand, <laughs> yeah, 400 grand per point, nice. something along those, along those lines. It's good work like, if you can get it, man. <laughs> yeah. That is a guy who's not even getting a sniff. No. Like he honestly can't even see Team Canada from where he is. Rolls in, has a nice end to the season with the Bruins, but invisible for chunks of the playoffs. And yeah, he's a guy who's who's trending down from not even on my squad, right? So to me, <laughs> salary aside, trending right off the real, B team, trending right off the, the world <laughs> the world championship team. Oh no, <laughs> sorry, man. Make Nick Paul's eating your lunch, buddy. Yeah. yeah, this is it, man. <laughs> Nick Paul can kill penalties and do all kinds yeah, of yeah, things. Yeah. And he's got he's got the golden arches for eyebrows. Like, <laughs> come on, man. Come on down. Um but yeah, no. So to me that was interesting where you go, that's a nice addition because it's 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 a name and it's a talking point, but you go, first overall pick and a heart trophy, but Yeah, an MVP that's not even getting a sniff. Right. But beyond those two things, can you find a more pedestrian guy than Taylor Hall? Right. Like those are two great things. Don't get me wrong. I stuck with him a lot longer than maybe I should have saying, you know, just needs a spot, just needs a, they dropped him right into Boston, um, gave him tons of really good looks on some, you know, some good minutes with some good players and it looked okay towards the end of the regular season and it didn't look terrible in the first round. And then again, just fell right off. I'm not investing in that guy as a 
we need you to get hot for these two weeks in the middle of February. There's just nothing there to me that says I'm prepared to count on that, right? Because the only way you would probably do it, and I know these weren't his line mates in Boston, but the only place that you would, to me, look at doing it is on a line with Marchand and Bergeron, right? Hoping for some sort of limited familiarity. But I think that's going to be Crosby with Marchand and Bergeron and... Sorry, Taylor. Right? Like you're, yeah, you're the one well, out there. You have you have Crosby and and or Marchand who who trained together in the off season, yeah. and then you have in the built-in chemistry of Bergeron and Crosby from World Juniors and past World Cups and whatever else. Like, and he's me, often the guy is, who gets dropped in at tw- in 2014. He was dropped in beside Crosby and and Marchand at the yeah. 2016 World Cup played with Crosby. Like. To me, that's exactly where that's going to go. Is almost like a third line, and I know Marchand doesn't. Whatever, it's an Olympic team. No one screams third line, but Crosby, Bergeron, Marchand on a checking, if you want to call it that, you know, line that can get in on you and check by grinding you and cycling you into the ground and kill you. Just yeah, lick your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that is that's the deal. You okay? Yeah. We're not, you know, that is, that's killer. And you're not I, I on saliv- the, uh, you're not on the agenda, Taylor Hall. I, I salivate at the, at the, at the talk of that. Yeah. Um, so anyways, yeah, no, he's not making it trending, trending down from my B squad and hey, goodbye. <laughs> I don't want to hear about your name anymore. You don't get an invite to the September camp either. Wow. You're lost. Oh man. Um, Ruthless. But, hey, hey. And Matt, listen, as as somebody who cheers for a team that's going to probably go back into a realigned Atlantic division, mm-hmm. can you think of something better than the Bruins to say, hey, if you take a slight haircut, maybe $6 million, $6.5, we'll sign you to stay here, we'll let Krejci go, and we're going to put you on a line with Charlie Coyle? Like, can you think of something better than that as a Leaf fan? You go, yes, please, give me some of that. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> To me, at this point, I don't know how much of a haircut 6.5 is for that guy. Like, that might be full dollar yeah. for him, but I see what you're saying. Okay. All right. But as somebody who made eight, yes. and you go, yep. Yep. yeah, I, I think the Bruins, if they're going to afford them, needed to be five to six. Yeah. Right? Like, it needs to be to make it work. I but think he'll do said, that. Yeah. Well, he said, I, I, it's not about money this time. It's about fit. Well, fit for who? Fit for yeah, you exactly. or fit for the team? Right. Because when you listen to when you listen to Cassidy's comments afterwards and and watching those games in Boston, you go, yeah, you need somebody other than the perfection line to score. Doesn't matter, right? Whether it's Marchand, Pasternak, Bergeron, it's all around there. And then there's other guys. Yeah. And and if they're going to continue down that line, you're in big big trouble. And when when Cassidy said, yeah. It's up to other guys, and they know who they are. And you're like, yeah, really? Ooh, I'm looking down the thing. You're like, yeah. How about that guy? And so uh, it ain't going to happen. But the other the other thing worth noting in terms of wrapping this Team Canada thing was the coaching staff. Okay, yeah. And, when, and, and it's interesting to me when he talked about, Pierre Lebrun this is, talked about John Cooper being like the absolute odds-on favored to coach this team. And I'm like, is that your, like up until he won the cup last year, people were lambasting that guy as being soft, not getting it done. And now you win a cup and you're all of a sudden you're Jack Adams. That's what the hockey media does, man. You're a loser till you're not. And now we love you. 
Like, do you see that? Is it, where, where I don't do you e- see that. In- what I would say to you is, to me, that coaching staff should be Cassidy, Trotz, Cooper. I don't know or really care which one is the head. I, you know, if you if 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 Cooper wins again this year, it would be hard to not, like, you know, to put him on the staff and not make him the head Agreed. coach, right? But. Barry Trotz is a fine choice. I don't know why. It's probably my bias against the Bruins. I have Cassidy in third, but he he needs to be on the staff. Um, but he's probably he'd be a great he'd be a great assistant though on on that on that squad. Yeah, no, I I definitely have him there. I just don't have him as the head, right? So that's really all that is for me. But uh, yeah, it's it's those three guys, and I just think you know with the results that whatever, flip a coin or how about whoever wins this series, Tampa versus the Islanders there, that coach is, is coaching team Canada. I'm, I'm fine with all so, that. So to me, the best coach in the NHL, hands down, Barry Trotz. It sure looks like it. it to me there, I think, I think Trotz is the best, but I'm not sure he's the guy. I, I think nobody gets more out of less than Barry Trotz. Yeah. And I don't think that's the guy. Can you get more out of more? This is it. I don't know if that's the guy I want to coach my Cadillac. Yeah. Right? I think he's the guy I want to Well, doesn't to it remind you a little of my Camry? Yes. Doesn't that remind you a little of what Babcock did in 2014 where that team was dominant and they won the gold, so how do you question it? But that with all that talent was just a trap lockdown, you know? What's, what's your memories of what's your memories of Sochi, Matt? That Canada won every game like two one or one nothing. <laughs> That's and, my memory. And your feelings were that was boring as shit. Yes, hot. it was. But we won. Yep, and it was dominant. Yeah, we allowed three goals in the tournament. I think, <laughs> which is like, it, it's crazy, right? And so to me, that's that very trots. Yes, I agree. And if that's if that's how Hockey Canada wants to go, well, shouldn't it be? Whatever we think is the best way to win. It'll be yeah. a boring ass tournament. Uh, like we're not here I, to entertain; I, we're here to win, right? I guess. Yeah. Now that was on the big ice as well. Yep. yep. Which to me is is twenty five percent less goal production. Yep. Right away. And for some reason, big ice. China is playing on the NHL ice in uh, at the Olympics. Well, so yeah, I can't imagine why that is oh, <laughs> dollars. Um, but yeah, I I just think it's it's an interesting mm-hmm. it's an uh, you know, and if you want, and I, I think I agree with you, you know, you've, you've talked me around to it, that if you could go with Cooper, Cassidy and Trotz and you get Trotz to run the defensive side yeah, and you, and you let Cassidy go on the, on the, on the, on the offensive lines, run the power play. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. John Cooper, take a day off and, um, <laughs> you know, we'll do whatever, right. I don't know what happens. Handle the media. Cause you're, you're. You know, pretty calm and cool and collected. But the coaching staff, and it's funny because I think two years ago, the idea that it would be anybody other than Joel Quenville. Yeah, that's interesting. Was was, was like unthinkable. Mm-hmm. Yet now here we are and we've talked about three coaches and none of them is cute. And again, it's recency bias, right? Those cups are a long time ago. And even though he's got a weaker team now, we don't care. We like Division winner. Yeah, yeah. But oh, I, I, I'm, I I'm not going to argue against Quenville. I just... It wouldn't shock me if he's in there too. World class stash too. Like obviously, yeah. So. Come on, big guster. Like that's a that's a Lanny McDonald special. You wanted to talk. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No. I, no. I was just going to say talking about division winners. Yeah. 
you wanted I to just... touch on the um, this this debate that went on throughout the season about whether the North was, you know, weak compared to to the others, or you know what that looked like. And here we sit now. Um, now we should tell the good listener this is just an hour or two before puck drop on game four of Vegas, Montreal. But as we sit here now, Montreal holds a two, one series lead on, uh, on Vegas. Um, you know, this obviously has come back to mind for you or was something you wanted to, to touch on. Well, well, it's just rolling into the series. And I, I think really since, since we last recorded a week ago, it was the absolute avalanche of, of, and, and, and I don't know, I don't even really know where it's coming from, right? But the Twitterverse, Americans, and you have this idea of, can we now, can we now fully say that the North Division is trash, right? Like you have this so generic Montreal Canadiens team rolling out and, and you look at all this other good action that's going on. And I'm not sure whether it's the, you know, playing in front of larger crowds, and and the environment, forget about the gameplay, mm-hmm. the environment being more exciting and and more sort of playoff-like. And then you go back and go, you could have the exact same action happening on the ice, but it seems sedate, right, with nobody in the I building. I think that's a big or, part of it, yeah. Yeah, and so I, I think part of my issue is I, I take umbrage with it as as a Canadian hockey fan, Right. Uh, wait, and just in, in an aside, did you watch the the pregame show for the Islanders and Lightning on Saturday night? I don't believe I did. No. Okay, but just just in a, in a brief aside, and it's something that's twigged me too. It was they had a thing like this may be the final game at the. At oh the, yeah, okay. Did, so did you see that? Yeah. And they were interviewing Clark Gillies and Mike Bossy. The only thing in my head was, we already did this. You left and then you came back. I don't care. Like, okay. <laughs> but the, the one thing, the one thing, and this is, this is absolutely just an aside and we'll get back to the North Division. It was, what a bunch of serious old douchebags <laughs> those, those Islanders are, right? And, and, and it's, they're willing to, they're like, and, and I heard Bossy say, we're an American team. We're the best ever American team. Oh, yeah. And he's like, Canadians, Canadians may want to drape themselves in their late seventies Habs dynasties or their Edmonton Oiler dynasties that, that followed us. That was the one but I neither was thinking of those, of. Yeah. Neither of those two teams could hold the candle could to hold us. The candle. Okay. okay. The only and two times they ha- played each other in the playoffs was a split. Held yeah. the candle pretty so, nice. And then, and I don't know who I missed the little name under the thing, but there was a guy saying, he's like, to be a dynasty, you need to win three cups in a row. Okay. Oilers never won a dynasty. He said, they lost to a, they lost to a crappy Calgary Flames team in 86. He goes, they are not a dynasty. They are never as good as the, as the late seventies, early eighties Islanders. And I'm like, Wow, you guys, you won four cups, man. You had great players. Could you flick the chip now? But Seriously. no, clearly not. 40 years well, later, they're back selling like, it. What did we do that no one else did? Okay, going to pound the pegs right here then, right? Like this is the thing that makes you great. 
Like, well, and, and and so all I was saying, and, and what twigged me to it was me saying I'm a Canadian hockey fan, right. and Mike Bossy, born and raised in Montreal, yeah. a Canadian. Like, I don't know how many of those guys between, you know, Gillies and Potvin, Billy Smith <laughs> and Bossy, are Canadian guys, right? You go, I'll give you your Bob Nystrom. I think he may be American. Sure. I'm not sure, but it's it's interesting how people want to sell themselves and and drape the flag and you go i'm not a Habs fan i i may have been i was actually more of an islanders fan back in the early 80s as a young front runner (laughs) right i i loved what they had going for yeah yeah no this is it man as a guy growing up in ottawa you're like Habs are good yep well look at these guys yep i'm gonna hop over here and and as a as a guy with my Coho stick with the fiberglass blade back in the early eighties. Nice. I wanted to be Mike Bossy. I I never wanted to be that upstart Wayne Gretzky. You'd seen his I don't know teeth, what that guy's, right? I don't know. Yeah, okay. And, <laughs> and his chippy bad attitude, yeah, man. Seriously. Um, but I, as a young kid, man, Bossy was the guy. Yeah. I don't know what this Gretzky guy is going to pan out to be, but <laughs> Bossy's the man. Loser. Um. Yeah. Exactly. So, anyways, it's it's it was super interesting in terms of how. How bitter you still are for guys who won four straight cups. Like, hey, man. Well, speaking of them and and kind of circling back to the division thing, like, aren't they? Like, to me, this year's Islanders team, it's full value for being here, as is this Habs team. They've, They've gotten it done when they needed to get it done. But to me, the Islanders are just the Habs of that other, that Eastern division or whatever they called it this year, right? Were they better than Pittsburgh or better than Washington or to me even better than Boston. I don't know. They're better at getting it done at this time of year. And I guess that's worth something. Montreal, no different. The 56 game regular season would tell you that the Islanders are fourth. Right. And Pittsburgh won. Similar to Montreal, right? In this division and then got it done at the right time. I don't know. Why is Montreal this outlier that... You know, to me, I don't want to see either of those teams advance. Yeah. It's it's awful hockey. But why are the Islanders different than the Habs? It, it, they're not. It, they got through and they did what they had to do in the playoffs where the rules changed a little bit and they got it done. But for some reason, we're talking about this young, upstart, plucky Islander team and, you know, do their system and all the things that they do. And the Habs, ah, they just stumbled their way out of a shit division. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I Agreed. And, and that is that is the core of of my of the conversation, which is at what point do you look at it and go, hey, if this was an eighty two game regular season, I don't think the Habs are making Me the playoffs. And so, but they stumble in, take a run, and here they are, right? And and if you look at it and go, the Leafs lose Tavares in game one. Yep. The, the Jets. Yep. Lose Shifley in game one. Now, two different incidents, but still. Somebody is coming along at, and nicely paving that road ahead of you. <laughs> your number two center, gone. Your number one center, gone. And yep. I don't care what you think of Chandler Stevenson. Sure. Vegas. Yeah. Gone. And and you go, the, the, the amount of luck that falls into a good playoff run is huge. And the Habs are like. All right, look at this. Drowning no Tavares, no Shifley, no Steve. Yeah, the, the good luck is rolling their way. And 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 all I'm saying is I think at the end of the day, we can look at it and go, yeah. We said at the beginning of the year, the North Division was loaded, 
especially at the center and forward position with studs, offensive studs, right? I was happy as an Ottawa Senator fan that our young guys, maybe we're going to take a hiding (laughs) on on, on most nights. And in the first half of the season, that happened in spades. But that's going to pay dividends. And so, yeah, there was was more 80s fire wagon hockey in the North. But at the end of the day, you're looking at it. And I think already with two wins against Vegas – we can put it to bed. I don't care if Vegas wins the series. I think you can sort of say people were already crowning. There was they're talking about a sweep. You want to crown their asses, crown them. <laughs> we know who they were. <laughs> yeah. So I just think. Well, we it, did this in March, it. right? Like I'm not going to take credit for the research. Thank you, Dom Lassician from uh, from the Athletic, who wrote a piece, and we went in depth on it on this show. As to yeah. why the criticism of this division was ridiculous, how the perception didn't match reality at all when you looked at the numbers, all of these sorts of, you know, the, the top Canadian teams that were still hanging tough in terms of the top 10, top 15, whatever, in defensive stats up against what was supposed to be this, you know, and turned out to be at times fire wagon, high scoring team, like you can't have it both ways, right? And and so so the numbers weren't quite adding up and we went in depth on that. And to me, I'd sort of thrown that argument out then, but to see, I, I, I'll be honest, I did fully expect that Vegas would just punt Montreal in three, potentially, right? Like this wasn't going to be yeah. close. <laughs> it had very little to do with the division and just Vegas can also defend and Vegas also has big, yep. strong, um, defenders and and it was going to be pretty quick and it hasn't been um so to me well whatever remnants was left of that argument has just been destroyed here in the in the last little bit and and it was just so weird to see the north oh the north is terrible because they haven't had to play any of the american teams but no one ever said boston hasn't had to play vegas yet or colorado hasn't had to play tampa yet right even down south of the border, you were stuck in your own division and you had no idea what it was going to look like once you got outside of it. For some reason, we just decided it was different because there was an international border in between. And it was a weird argument, man. And I'm with you. I think it's been put to bed, unfortunately, uh, by the Habs here in the, uh, they're putting up a hell of a fight. And like I said, we are just an hour or two away from puck drop. I will say here now, I think I think Montreal is getting through, man. I think they're going to get to the final. Hey, and what a what a great moment to see at the end of the game in in, a, in an aside to see Luke Richardson, who is who is very popular in here the, in Ottawa. Yeah, as as the uh, to, to replace Dom Ducharme, right? Who's out for COVID? Yeah, he's wearing the he's wearing the do it for Darren button on his on his lapel. Yeah. And he gave it a little touch and a, and a kiss and a, after they won the other night, really touching. Yeah. Really nice to see. It's a, it's a bit of tug at the heartstrings kind of a thing, but. You cheer um, for people as much as anything, right? It's. Uh, <clears throat> and Luke is, Luke is salt of the earth, man. And yeah. former Peter Pete, so. Former Leaf. Yeah. Well. We can all get on board. That's all I'm saying, <laughs> Don't yeah, turn this into that. something where you need to rip him for. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. It's true. I, I had glossed over that. I'm sure you had, story. yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I'm not sure. And it's it's one of those things where you go, I don't know what's going to happen, Matt. I don't know what's happening, Matt. And you've probably heard that a yeah. pile of times. <laughs> but Vegas, you go, last year, so they, they don't score easily. No. 
and then they they open up against Minnesota. They don't score easily. Well, all those forwards, they, right? Like even like all the way down, you look at Riley Smith, and you look at even like Mark Stone, who's fantastic. None of them are like your traditional just whip yeah. one in easy, right? They they play hard. They're good scores. They can't, but it's never just that easy. Maybe Pacioretty would be the only guy that would be closer to that, but even he's more of a grinded out kind of yeah. scorer. They don't have a lot, well, like you said, a Kucherov or or whatever you want to Kane or yes. yeah, or a Ma- or a Matthews, right? Or a, where something just slides is, right? open and he just easily wrists at top corner. They they hit a lot of goalies in the in the crest, and um, they've been the better team. They've had the the better shot metrics, all the, the all the possession stuff. Everything favors them over Montreal. But all that stuff favored Toronto over Montreal, and one team's yeah. at home and one's still playing. So. Well, and again, you look at at, the, at them dominating in terms of all those all those stats you just talked about over Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Then they play what everybody deemed to be and the President's Trophy winner, Avalanche. Yep, and they reel off four straight wins. And at times it looked like the Avalanche, you know, they made a couple of games close. Yeah. But it didn't look like the avalanche, once the tide turned, had any answer. And you're like, look at those guys, they're rolling. And then they come in against Montreal and you go, ah, it's hard again. It's hard to score again. And yeah. you're like, I, I don't I don't even know what to tell you. Like you said, hours before puck drop here, uh, could we see a 6-1 Vegas win tonight? Or sure. could we see a 2-1 Habs win? Sure. And, and No idea. And, and could the Habs have eight shots on goal through two periods again? Yeah. <laughs> And then get a gift of a goal, and then, and you knew when when that goal went in on Friday night. Yes. Well, Josh Anderson scored that, and you're like, yeah, I I knew they were gonna win. Man, in people overtime. come out of the weeds, right? Because I had just like an hour earlier tweeted something about Josh Anderson had had like one point in his last 25 games or 20 games or something Hadn't like that. Hadn't scored since the Leaf game, game one. Right, and that was his only point in the last however many games, and silence, but then he gets that gift handed to him and then full credit for the one in overtime. That's a sweet goal. For for Uh, sure. And all of a sudden, oh, two points in a huge playoff game, idiot, right? Like, you're like, okay, okay, I get it. Super clutch! Right. 5.5 million (laughs) for seven years. As long as he's going to keep putting up two a night like this or whatever. I'm not even sure. I think it's more than that and for longer than that. Wow. It, it's anyway. Anyways, yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, you're right. I, I'm with you 100. And and I, you know what? I have at different times through the season, I've been super bullish on Josh Anderson because of all the other things that he brings yeah. to the table. And and then if he's putting up a 30 goal pace, you're like, man, I love that guy. Yes. But then when he's putting up an eight point pace, it's less impressive. <laughs> yeah. If if he's driving hard and he doesn't get the puck and then he's leaving. You're well, like, you know what I think oh. happened there, man, a little bit. And you, you know me, like when they talked about the Anderson thing, I, I played it down. I didn't like anywhere near as much as what the Habs did as what other people did. And here, here they are still standing. So, you know, that's on me, I guess. But I wonder in that first period of game one against Toronto, he came out doing exactly what Toronto fans did not want him to do. He was hitting hard. He was going hard into the corners. He was doing a lot of the things that Josh Anderson is supposed to do. And then even though he had nothing to do with it, I felt after the Tavares thing happened, a lot of guys kind of went, oh, like pulled back a little bit or like, I wouldn't say gun shy or whatever, but it was a little less rambunctious um, 
for at least another game or two where you're like, that scared me a little bit or that tripped me out or I don't want to see that happen to anybody again. Nobody wants to see that. No. And I I mean, even on the ice, right? Like, so I wonder if if Josh Anderson, again, I think gun shy is derisive. I'm not trying to tip, but just, okay, I'm maybe I don't need to take that extra stride or the things that, that he does that make him dangerous in a playoff series. And if he's for lack of a better term, gotten over that, and is yeah. is going to do some, he could still be a big time difference maker, but I felt like it wasn't just him, but that, that Tavares injury took the, the bullets out of the gun for a few different players in that series that just kind of went, ah, uh, let's just get through this almost right. Like, well, and, and, and there's the, the, the thing that isn't that you can't easily equate. Right. And we talked about Taylor Hall and we talked about Josh Anderson and we talk about guys with, high hockey IQs versus guys with just high talent levels. Right. And, and that is, that is the thing that gets thrown around with both those guys, right? Super skilled, right? Great skaters, right. In Josh Anderson's case, right. Can hit, can skate, Mm -hmm. can do all those things, but is he, can he think the game? Right. right? And I think, I think, I think at times that sort of light gets shone on him pretty brightly. Right. When you go, uh, he, he's fine if he's if he doesn't have to think the game. Habs fans it's will tell you the, the worst passer in the league. Like if you can hit him on the rush, driving hard to the net or something, he might make something happen. But if you're looking for him to pass it back or set yeah. something up, he's not going to find the right play. He's not going to make that happen. And maybe See, he is that guy that that you get in. He creates the forecheck. He creates the turnover, and now all of a sudden he's the guy with the puck on his stick. Whereas almost you'd rather. You know, like it, it doesn't quite fit. You want him to be the guy finishing, not the guy who digs it out and makes a bad pass that misses everybody. Yeah, or, or, or knows where it's going, right? right? Yeah. The guys, the, those guys who know instinctively where to go. Where's the puck going? Yeah. Right? And they go there, right? It, it's, it's. I'm not sure he's that guy. Or is, or Taylor Hall, right? Yep. And yep. great, great solo efforts, all these sorts of things, but. Not sure. You sent something over on Friday I thought was interesting that was uh, the goose shit stout, man. What was, <laughs> where did <laughs> we find something like that? Why is that thing even in the goddamn paper? And uh, fill us in here. What's the story, man? Yeah. And it was really just um, the, uh, it was called the Wasted Potential Imperial Stout. <laughs> Uh, which which is interesting, and I can't remember what the name of the Finnish brewery is. Yeah, but it was. But right I'm sure over you. Finland. I'm I'm sure you will you will plug the article in, for sure. Um, but yeah, they're using the plethora of goose shit found in public parks because this area in Finland, Lati, I believe, um, is, is going for it, it. Won greenest city in the planet, right? They are. They're trying to reduce, you know, waste to below 5%, I believe. Yeah. So they found a way to use this goose shit that's littering public parks. Maybe not everything needs to be recycled. Yeah, that they're collecting it up and they are burning burning that bad boy after it dries out to, to help with their wasted potential imperial stout, which for me, first off, when I read it, I'm like, Hey, you know when you drink the difference between a 
a scotch that has that really smoky peaty. Okay. Yeah. I'm thinking, is this, is it, is this going to taste like goose shit? This Imperial stout? <laughs> like, are, are, are we going to have, this is a shitty tasting stout. I, I'm not entirely sure. Well, Cause nobody knows goose shit. Like Canada knows goose shit. Oh, right. Man. <laughs> the, the, the Canada or, 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 you know, Missouri where the, the goose yeah. ends up in the winter time, they fly down there and, and a goose drops, like put your, put your index and middle finger together. And that's like, mm, that's a small goose shit, goose, right? Goose, like it's, yeah. it, it's so anyways, it turns out unlike peat where they, they burn the peat to dry the barley and malt, the malt, th- this is, they're just, they're just, you know, they're not using it to roast your hops and barley. It's just firing up the, the kettles. So you're not, you're not getting that goose shit flavor in your pint, <laughs> which is, which is really what I am like. Wow. Well, when you sent this that is- on to me and I looking at the headline, I haven't read the thing yet. I'm like, this is going to be one of those wacky something, something IPA, right? Or where they, that's normally where people go crazy. You don't see the goose shit stout. And when I found it, it was coming right into my living room, right? Right. Where, Right where I live with the stout, I was disappointed, man. I was saddened by this until I, I got to read a little bit. So you would, you'd have, having read the thing, having understood, you'd have no hesitation drinking the, uh, the, I, the I would drink the wasted, but the wasted potential okay. Imperial stout, yeah. right? So, uh, zero issue, zero issue. And, and I think those, the fins that they're, they're looking at, 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 at being 100% reusable recyclable in the next couple of years and so you know it's right in our it's right in our living room both with the stout and beer you're, you're seeing this all come through firing up the furnaces with with dried out goose shit so <laughs> I, i'm all about that man the older i get and you go yeah do what you can to keep the planet green let's do it the burned goose shit anything else you wanted to hit on on this one Matt, I, I think we've jumped the shark with the with the burnt yeah. goose where, shit. Where are you going to go after the burnt goose shit talk? <laughs> I, I tell you where I will go. Okay, and and I know if I didn't, you would be there as well. Recording on Father's Day, mm-hmm. I am a father. Um, it's true. He is. I know. Mo- mo- we we pray at the altar of the mother three hundred and sixty four days of the year. Deservedly, yes. Thankfully, mm-hmm. uh, but one day, one day for dad. Um, who does all the things that he do, do's, you know, uh, all those, (laughs) all those dad things. And, um, yeah. So to me, this, this show to me should be dedicated to, to dads who, man, especially in this, in this pandemic, our our good buddy, Steven Gervais, man, he's got two rambunctious boys (laughs) homeschooling them while through this thing and trying to work from home. I, and his wife is in and out of the house, but working from home, working from work and at home. But guys like that, um, at this time of year, I am absolutely beer up, toasting guys like that. My dad, uh, he's still the guy. Uh, I'm almost 50, but he's the guy when I grow up, I want to be most like. So, yeah, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Yeah, my uh, my pre-show pint is one that I've had on the show before, but it's called uh, The Little Things from the Old Flame Brewing Company down here where my parents live. And whenever the old man comes up to visit, he'll bring uh, whatever the newest 
and greatest thing is from uh, from Old Flame. Or when I go down to visit them, there's some in the fridge. And uh, I thought the little things fit nicely today because that uh, that that is one of a million little things that uh, that dads will do with uh, and and usually too cool for school, right? Shrug off the thank you and whatever it yeah, might for be, sure. just carry on. Well, especially so. in the Robinson family, that's a that's a hard <laughs> thing right there. <laughs> so. Uh, absolutely well put as we wrap up this show and, and wrap up a Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all of you out there and, uh, and cheers to dad. We'll leave this one. Cheers. Yeah. We'll leave this one there as we wind down another episode of the Tall Can Audio podcast. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening right now. Stick around for Tuesday morning. Andrew Stoughton will be here to talk some Blue Jays and, uh, we will catch you all on the next episode of TCA. See ya. That was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire, inside a train wreck. It was a disgrace. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at tallcanaudio.com or by searching Tall Can Audio on your favorite podcast app.